there. Welcome to Dessert Before Breakfast, the podcast review TV finale through the eyes of someone that's never watched the show. I'm Mike Dervell, and I've seen every episode of Fargo Season 3. <laughs> oh, the showy. Uh, I'm Melanie Germain, and I've seen uh, none of Fargo Season 3, but I saw like maybe two episodes with Martin Freeman that first season there. <laughs> oh, dear. And I'm uh, no, I'm Jeff Porter, eh? And I, uh, I've no doubt seen uh, all the episodes, eh, of uh, Fargo. Well, now you're just showing off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also have seen every episode of Fargo, but we are going to be talking about season three today. Specifically. Yeah, because Fargo is an anthology series and each season's very different. So we might as well just treat them as different series. Honestly, we could have done a Fargo spectacular, just three episodes straight. Oh, I guess we could have. Four, four episodes straight because there's four seasons of it. Oh, there's four seasons. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, what made us uh, pick the third one then, eh? Shit. I, I don't. <laughs> God damn it. Why did we do this? You can't turn it off. <laughs> No. <laughs> um, the fourth season uh, just came out, and it's a prequel, actually. So technically, the third season is the last chronologically. Oh, yeah, true. And it's also got like a slightly uh, stronger finale because in the season four, in season four, Fargo uh, hit right in the pandemic hits right in the middle of it, and you can see a noticeable difference before mm-hmm. and after the pandemic hits <laughs> in the show. Yeah, there's like yeah. a there's like a clear screen between all the actors <laughs> for some reason, yeah, yeah. and they can't like sex scenes just became really awkward, <laughs> covered in saran wrap. Like Chris, whoa. Chris Rock is just in a tube for most of it. <laughs> well. The thing about Chris Rock in season four is that he he looks he acts very differently in the later episodes. Like he just kind of is like not having it with the pandemic. Yeah, He doesn't want to be there at all. He doesn't want to be there. It's very clear. Also, all the characters are suddenly sitting and and standing much further apart from each other in a very obvious way. (laughs) Six feet, guys. Yeah. And it was so disappointing, too, because he was so incredible at the Chris Rock was so his acting was so good. Oh, really? It's not like they got bad later, but. It just, like you said, wasn't the same. So, Jeff Porter. Jeff! Uh, this is our p- penultimate episode yeah. of Dessert Before Breakfast. Last episode, we talked about how our final three episodes are going to be people that are very important to us, that have kind of helped us uh, along the way. And you and Daniel Chai of uh, The Fear of Science have been super helpful to us. Yeah. And have kind of been like our Obi-Wan Kenobi of podcasting. <laughs> so, <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on the podcast one more time to hang out with us. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. I, lo- I love this show and you guys are amazing. Aww. Aww. Also, I want to, I just want to specify, um, fuck every other guest that we've had that are not in the, the last three. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Screw absolutely. you guys. Uh, how dare you? I guess. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you give us your time and energy? How dare you give us our time, yeah. love, and energy? And, uh, Although yeah. my, my soon-to-be wife has also been a guest on one, the earlier ones. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, she's on twice, though. I think that's yeah, different. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. just, the, okay, the, the people who have only been on once <laughs> fuck you yes tell, yeah just just be sure to tell your to tell jen to uh fuck off or something i will no problem <laughs> love melanie and mike <laughs> uh, uh, i feel like for a stunt like that if this was like a paid show or whatever i would have gotten fired for that potentially you're on thin ice and that's the freedom of doing your own work you know yeah you could tell everyone to fuck off whenever you want <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, okay sorry <laughs> so jeff uh 
last time you're here, uh, we talked about Dexter, the final episode of Dexter at the time. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. It, it brought back a lot of horrible memories of how bad that last episode was. Um, and to, to the end of a, a great show. Well, I think we, we talked about before. Listen to the Dexter episode and you'll find out what my actual full thoughts are on the entire Dexter series. Yes. Yeah. Find it uh, anywhere you find your podcast on Dessert Before Breakfast. <laughs> yeah. F- wherever you found this podcast, just look <laughs> back. For yeah. If you're listening to this one right now. There's other episodes you could listen to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Dexter. It's coming back. It's coming back. Dexter's coming back. Yeah. And by the time this episode airs, I believe it'll be out already. Oh, really? Damn. You know, so so really what I want you to do is to have a theoretical prediction on if you if you like the series premiere or not. I'm just hoping that the new series just wraps up some of the crap they didn't wrap up in the last episode mm. like there's just so many questions like what happened to his wife and kid what he like he just took off yeah even from so they just released the second trailer for it which is a bit longer than the, the teaser one they released a while ago okay and it looks like he started like a whole new life in the small town where i guess he was a, a lumberjack at the end of the last episode but i guess he's not anymore oh now he owns a uh weapon store which (laughs) (laughs) what really yeah yeah he owns like a rifle like a hunting hunting store oh it looks like so yeah great but but they do show in the extended one that his son does come back um so i think they are gonna wrap up a bunch of stuff Okay. okay well i i don't have high hopes but i have hopes for that it will be a thing i watch for sure yeah totally i feel like our episode that we did together was good enough for me to sort of just jump in probably in terms of understanding what's happening. I hope so. Anyway, I have a feeling that they're going to make it so that you can jump in if you haven't seen all of Dexter. Like that's what they're kind of doing with shows now when they reboot them. They're like, you could just not watch the rest of it and just watch this one. Yeah. Well, nevertheless, if any of our listeners are thinking of jumping in, then it'd probably be additive fun to listen to that episode. Um, maybe not watch the last episode of Dexter, but <laughs> to listen yeah. to our recap of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie, what do you know about Fargo season three and really any of Fargo? OK, OK. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, that's a really great question. Yeah, I, I just thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, what do I know about Fargo season three? Literally nothing. I have a f- Feeling Obi-Wan Kenobi's in it Mm. because I know that he was in one season. I don't know which one specifically. Um, When it comes to the Fargo show, it's been on my list for a really long time. And I do remember watching the first episode of the first season. And I have seen the movie. Loved the movie. Mm. Amazing. So good. But yeah, season three specifically, no idea. I feel like they'll still have accents. Mm. I feel like it'll still have that same Fargo tone that I love. I hope that there's a pregnant lady. <laughs> and the that's that's it for my thoughts. As long as it takes place in Fargo, that's the most important thing. Yeah, yes. yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't think any of Fargo, the show or the movie, anything to do with Fargo has ever taken place in Fargo. That is correct, yeah. Yeah. 
I was not aware of this fact. I was not aware of this fact until recently. It was very surprised. Did it blow your mind? It blew my mind very hard. Just like, what the shit? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although it's like close to Fargo. Like they they reference Fargo. It's not like the show takes place in New York and they're like, it's called Fargo. Like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do believe that the show or I don't believe the film does. I do believe the show visits Fargo for a brief moment, but it's never takes place there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Didn't know. Didn't know any of that. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, we're gonna watch the last episode of Fargo season three. If you want to watch along at home, it's available to stream on Netflix in Canada. Oh. And we'll be right back. We are still looking for emails at dessertbeforebreakfast at gmail.com or voicemails at the link in our description for our last ever little snack episode. So send them in. Oh, hey there. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, hello. Yep. We are back. Uh, Melanie, h- how are you doing there? I am doing excellent. Wow. That was uh, that was lovely. That was freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I love the style of Fargo, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just got like this nice, quaint little charm, but also it's terrifying, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't you know? Don't you know, eh? Don't you know, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, the actual like visual style is purposely different from season to season. Uh, I was reading about in this season, they actually like tone back the blue significantly. Oh. Okay. A lot of gray yeah. is what I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, because because the other ones are very, like, winter-heavy, and this season mm-hmm. not as much. So that's kind of why they want they want each episode or each season to look visually different. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go right off the bat and say Obi-Wan wasn't this season. Yes. Ewan McGregor. He sure was. Very awesome. He was very much in this season. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Well, I knew he was in a season, but, you know, I, I like, took a shot and I'm just saying I hit a freaking bullseye is all. <laughs> yeah. I'm winning, winning the game. In this season, you are in the last episode. You only saw one of Ewan McGregor, though. <gasps> oh, right. Because there is another Ewan McGregor whose name is There's Ray. There's two Ewan McGregor. There's yeah. Emmett and Ray, from what yes. I understood. Yes. And yeah, cool. I would have loved to see him play. A different version of himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different. Yeah. He's balding. The other version of you. Oh. Yeah. I, I liked uh, the other version of I liked Ray better than Emmett. Okay. I, I don't think that's an uncontroversial statement. No, I know. Right. I think you're Bold supposed to. words. May <laughs> I ask why? Uh, not to get too deep into it until you get on your uh, your your questions. But Emmett was supposed to be the the kind of rich well-off uh douchey brother and then ray was the one who's struggled a large amount of his life but has a heart of gold uh but also is extremely jealous of his brother who is quite successful right yes yeah both okay. flawed but uh, it's it's really frustrating to see the other eomaker just get away with so much stuff too well he does get killed so he doesn't really get that's yeah. true. That's true. Um, should we just get into it? Because like, let, yeah. let's go, let's go. Let's do it. Um, let's go, man. So starts off. And uh, it, of course, this is a true story, which we all know, of course, mm-hmm. is not true. Yeah. Uh, set in 2011. Um, Gloria Burgle is resigning, signs the paper, puts it in. 
And, uh, but then she gets a phone call from a guy from the IRS who said that he received a package from her. And upon hearing what he has to say, she's like, guess I'm not resigning because I got a job to do and finish. Mm -hmm. I assume that the whole Emmett, like Stessy Varga Feltz thing is like basically the main case of this season. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, it is. It it is all a very complicated mess of everything is connected in a very like. Totally. You saw the wall sort of way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. And um, yeah, taxes. I was like, ooh, I'm not writing notes for that. (laughs) We're just going to we're just going to taxes underlined. And there we go. Um, Obi-Wan was there. Boom, called it. Um, And he was signing something. So Stussy, I guess it was in his mansion, Emmett Stussy or something. And uh, behind him was... um, the scary werewolf. Uh, he was the, the the werewolf from Harry Potter, Lupin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lupin. Yeah. yeah. Who is also uh, who plays um, Ares in the <laughs> Wonder Woman movie, which was very poor casting. Oh yeah. But I forgot about that. He's just not like super scary, you know. He's not in, in like an Ares type of way. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. That's a whole other. He's more of a like locks talking to smoking barrels kind of scary. Yeah, exactly. He's also very despicable and hateable. Oh yeah. <sighs> oh, th- in this one, yeah. Like I saw his face and I was like, wow. I don't know what makeup did to him, but they did an excellent job to make him seem, you know, like well, he's, really slimy, kind mm-hmm. of a rat kind of guy. Yeah. He's bulimic in the show, too. So his teeth oh. are like rotted out. Oh. Yeah. So it very clearly shows his teeth early on. And we're like, oh, what's with his teeth? The actor doesn't have like, it's just like a character thing. And then yeah. later we see him throwing up and it's kind of implied that's why his teeth are like that. It's like, oh, OK. Interesting. OK. Yeah. I love that. Well, no, I don't love that. But like, <laughs> again, well done to the makeup department in that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so, oh, actually, I do want to mention something. As Gloria finishes the call to the IRS guy, I just love, this is one of the things that I love about Fargo. It's like the that that sense of humor that just comes every once in a while and it like pokes you where she's like, I'm on my way. And then she goes to, to like hang up. But then she's like, wait, 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 what's your address? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, this, I love this. This is yeah. great. You know. Yeah, it's it's interesting because before we went back and watched f- the series, we went and rewatched the movie and the movie is funny, but not to the same extent that the series is. Yeah. Like the movie is not necessarily a comedy, but the series I would almost bill as a comedy, really. Yeah. Like a dark comedy. Like a dark comedy. Exactly. And I, I like overall, I like the show more than I like the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I have nothing against the movie. It's not like the worst movie in the world, but it just I feel like the show is so much better done. Yeah. I mean, also, a show just has way more time mm-hmm. to make you fall in love with it, right? Yeah, that's true. It's true, yeah. Like, a movie's got, like, a one-and-done impression, but, like, a show has, you know, it can redeem itself after a while, too, if, even if it doesn't start out strong or something. Although mm-hmm. the movie has Steve Buscemi in it, and, you know. It does have Steve Buscemi. <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. The <laughs> movie also has Coen Brothers, which... Like, I love the Coen Brothers, but Fargo is not my favorite Coen Brothers film, I guess. Okay. So, like, there is, like, that relationship to it. But, like, the thing that's really upsetting 
to me is the fact that the Coen brothers didn't like the show. Mm. They just kind of came over like, eh, it's not really our thing. Like they're doing it, whatever sort of thing. Like they mentioned this in an interview once like, Oh, that really bounced me off. Cause I do think that the show is like, uh, plays tribute to the movie in such beautiful ways. It just makes me sad that they didn't like it, but yeah, whatever. Maybe it's the ego talking. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Where the heck was I? I uh, I wanted to talk about the taxes thing. But are you going to talk later, or are we already past that part? What, which taxes thing? Well, just about like what the scheme was and how it works. Yeah, sure, go for it. Because I don't think there's any. I think it's relevant the entire time. I would actually like to know what the taxes thing was. Yeah, I know that there's twenty million dollars missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, like what they described is like a real type of scheme, mm-hmm. and it's basically what happened to Toys R Us that a, a company bought it, leveraged it with debt, and then sold it. Really? Yeah. Huh. Holy shit, I didn't know that happened to Toys R Us. And then ruins children's dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like uh, you know, the pump and dump or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's wild. Yeah. My mind is a little upset that this happened to Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it happened in the exact same way. I don't think murder was involved or necessarily. (laughs) Was it lining like a a person in particular's pockets? I think it was more of like a mutual fund situation. Mm. Did the owner of Toys R Us have an identical twin brother? (laughs) Yes. That later disappeared. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) You know, since we haven't looked it up, we'll say yes. Yes. Okay. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, Lupin, uh, I guess his name is Varga, so I'll call him that. I'm trying I'm trying my best to honor people's names. We don't actually get that guy's name until like near the end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. He's just like that guy. We call him Teeth Guy when we were talking about him. Oh, really? Oh, I guess I should give it a little bit of context. Me and Jeff actually watched a show together with a group of friends during the pandemic over Discord. Yeah. Started. Oh, friends? That's nice. <laughs> How great for you guys. I love that you have this shared moment, this shared thing that you can do together. Um, was I invited to this thing, audience? I, I no. believe you were. I believe you were. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Callan, edit the fact that he said yes, out, please. <laughs> This was uh, beginning a pandemic, too. Like, right at the beginning, we decided to start watching a, a show together. And we started Fargo and watched every single season. Nice. Yeah. That's actually, that's really great. I'm happy was, for you guys. It was very nice. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Like, genuinely. <laughs> yeah. No, I no, I mean it this time, Jeff. <laughs> Don't you laugh. <laughs> Jeff. How dare you? Jeff, I'm saying, I'm, I'm being earnest right now. I'm saying this is serious. I'm, I am happy for you guys. Oh, you are? Okay. okay. So you need to start crying right now, Jeff. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <All right>. jealous. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Varga. Hmm. Varga, uh, sorry, no. Stussy takes a guy's gun and then threatens Varga. St- okay, we should probably we probably shouldn't use the word Stussy to refer to any one character. Yeah, that's true. There's because a lot there's of people four, named Stussy. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Okay, in the final episode, there's one guy named Stussy. Is there <laughs> so one guy would you named like Stussy? me to Yes, it's just the one guy. It's just uh, do you want me to call him Obi-Wan? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, you're right. There is only one guy. Well, I think. Technically there's two people named Stussy because uh uh Scott Pilgrim lady, uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead, 
um, her last name is technically Stussy in the last episode. Oh, okay. that may be true, but she had no lines. Therefore, I didn't write anything <laughs> about her <laughs> except for is that his wife? <laughs> well, she had the epic uh, standoff at the car. Oh, Nikki. Yeah, Nikki. Yeah, yeah, Nikki Stussy. Yeah, Emmett Stussy, and then Nikki. But it, it said that her last name was Swan Swan something. Might have been at the beginning of the series. Nikki Swango. Yeah, that's her maiden name. She got married. She got married. She, okay, well, I knew that Ray was her guy, but I didn't know that her last name was Stussy because they didn't write. Guys, you need to take better notes. Get to the level right now. <laughs> Swango was her name. So yeah. I'm just Nikki. like, what yeah. are you saying? Okay, I thought you were talking about the lady at the very end with Emmett. Oh, no, no. That he was hugging. I was like, That's- Oh, yeah, she, yeah, she also probably guess, yes, technically okay. she is a Stussy. <laughs> Yeah, she also she didn't have any lines. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Touche. Yeah. Her name was all Touche. Yeah, so there were even more Stussies than we realized. And and his kids would have been the Stussies as well. Yeah, yeah. they had one C. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what would you like me to refer to Ewan McGregor's character as uh, to keep this uncomplicated? Emmett. Emmett. Gotcha. Emmett, and and then Ray wasn't in it, but yeah. We will refer to Ray at some point. Cool. I never saw Ray. No. Missed out. Just imagine Emmett, but different. Yeah. But balding. <laughs> but long balding. hair, but also balding. Right. Yeah. I see it. <laughs> Wasn't too hard. To... <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know what? I took Ewan McGregor and I I did like other stuff with him. <laughs> Boom. There we go. <laughs> um, okay. So... Emmett takes uh, the Asian guy's gun and then threatens Varga, looking really panicked, really scared. But uh, Varga, Lupin, uh, manages to talk him down and, like, talk talk about, like, fingerprint ID on a gun. Yeah. And then... Um, Somebody takes him out from behind. Uh, from there, they all just leave his house. Yeah. And then they go to a place where there's a guy playing the drums. And uh, Lupin mentions like that they need drives. I'm guessing to do for tax purposes. Um, not too sure what was going on there. But then a little boy leads them to a place and it was really creepy. And I I couldn't help but think like, oh, man, I would never have followed that child. Like, that's just <laughs> really scary. But maybe if I had like the amount of firepower that they did, you know, that would be fine. But they were looking for El Nino. Yeah. And then there's like, yeah, it, it was filmed like beautifully. And like they go into an elevator and then. Uh, at one point, like Lupin's holding the elevator open and then it started buzzing. And like, I've lived in a tower before and I've done that. <laughs> and it's very, very scary. Uh, but yeah, like all of these tense moments just coming together and coming together. I, of course, don't know what anything's about. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a do you have a guess? Well, I'm guessing that they needed like I'm I'm guessing that they needed the drives because they had something about like the the offshore accounts, like maybe the money mm-hmm. that's missing. It probably has to do with those drives or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's more of like a blackmail situation, actually. Oh, oh, wait. El Nino was blackmailing them. Yeah. Stole the drives. El Nino being Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character. Yeah. Nikki stole the drives and then was like, do you want them back? Come to this really creepy warehouse. 
talk to this kid. Talk to this kid. This kid will show you where to go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the kid was in on it. I knew it. <laughs> okay. So it, the whole thing was a trap. And like the motel people and Scott Pilgrim Lady, I didn't even recognize her Scott Pilgrim Lady, by the way, but like nice. Um, so they, they were basically there just to kill everybody. Yeah. And get the money. Much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, all right. Well, let me ask it. Let me ask a question. And I hope it's, I hope it's not too much. <laughs> who, was, <laughs> who was the deaf guy from the motel? Oh, the deaf guy from the motel. Um, okay. This is actually, this was a, when he showed up on the screen, we all freaked out. Lost our crap. Because yeah. um, he is the only character in the entire series and all four seasons to actually cross over between two seasons and be played by the same actor. Yeah. So because Fargo is a anthology series, each season has different actors, but he's like the only exception to that entire thing. Yeah. Cool. He was a character in the first season. He was a deaf hitman. Um, or I guess deaf I wouldn't say hitman. What's the term for like just Sug? Yeah. <laughs> um and he's the actor is also deaf mm-hmm. and he also played a deaf character in a Coen Brothers film as well. Okay. So they kinda like called him and actually had him back and there are scenes in this season and in the first season where he's he signs things and the things there people are translating for him, but the things he's signing don't match up with what they're, they're like censoring him as they, (laughs) yeah. And if you're deaf, you can actually see the things, but like they don't subtitle them, but you can actually see these sort of in jokes that they left just for deaf people that only they can sort of pick up on cool and we even ended up googling it because there's people that have translated what he signs mm-hmm. so you can actually find out what he actually signed in the show yeah oh is he just like swearing a lot <laughs> well he just he would say things that like the entire scene is entirely different if you see what he's signed because he's basically saying stuff that's ridiculous and the guy's like well, i'm not saying that and he's just saying like more regular <laughs> things <laughs> that's, that's, that's really cool yeah I like that. yeah yeah, I, I I love that for sure. And I love that they're able to bring him back. Yeah. No, that's really awesome. But essentially he was he was going to jail um at one point and uh and Nikki was was in the same like bus that was going to jail and the the bus got turned over or something like that. Um oh. gets, yeah. And she ends up saving him. Yeah, it's because they wanted to kill her. Oh yeah, there that's the yeah. That is what yeah. They wanted to kill her. So what? What? so the bus got flipped over and they were both on the bus. They both escaped together and off screen developed a relationship. Like a, they like became a, besties. They became that's besties. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Why, why, uh, sorry, why did they, you dropped that like it was nothing. Why did they try to kill her? <laughs> they wanted to kill her because uh, she knew too much, I think is the easiest way of saying it. Because of her association with Ray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, gotcha. yeah. she was in prison for Ray's murder, which she did not commit. Yeah. And then she was then being driven to the jail and they needed to kill her before like to she was able to prove her. her yeah to silence her before she could prove her innocence so okay how long did ewan mcgregor guest spot in this show as ray oh like most of it it was probably like for most of it for season three yeah okay so he so basically she she's already introduced as the wife and then she is sent to jail for his murder within the show she she's not his wife at the beginning but they get married later on in the show oh 
Yeah. All right. Cute. Um, okay. So basically they got together and they end up killing everybody. Yeah. And then they take the 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 motel people take the money and uh nikki says it's all yours i need like a little bit to get going i just want the brother i think is what she signs Mm -hmm. and uh now i know what she's talking about she was talking about emmett she wanted him dead Yeah. yeah um great okay i have another question though i need to know about the asian man the guy who had the headphones and the bomber jacket what was his relationship to Varga? Because I thought they were either like, like he thought, he thought of him as a father figure or they were lovers. Like I need some context. He was just a thug for, for really? Vargas. They yeah. seemed like friends. He was, I mean, like I would say he was his, probably his right hand man. Yeah. Yeah. Like they seem to imply that he's, you know, his lead thug. Okay. Yeah. He, he always reminded me of that, um, that Simpsons episode where there's like all the fighting in the front of the Simpsons house. And then Homer's like, but look at the small Asian guy. He's going to do something really cool. I know he's going to. Uh, it's kind of like that, where he's like this badass Asian uh, hitman dude. Okay, cool. I do not re- know that reference. I, yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simpsons fans would know it for sure. Okay, yeah. Simpsons <laughs> that's, fans. That's all that matters. Which I'm sure okay, there are people. Cool. Um, let me just say from an acting standpoint, I really loved what these two actors brought to the table for something that was so like basic. Mm. I just I saw like some depth of like, you know, just him saying like, I'll go. And he was like, no, let's go together. You know, like that mm-hmm. that, that kind of stuff. It was cute. Um, maybe they became lovers in real life. Maybe. You know what? We'll Google it later. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you can't deny such chemistry is exactly. all I'm saying. It comes through. Um, it's like uh, it's like uh, the the Sonic movie with the Jim Carrey and the and and his right hand man guy. Yeah, like the the love affair that Jim Carrey had with Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Is that we're talking about? Yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of on screen chemistry, did you notice on screen chemistry between Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Ian McGregor for that one scene? Yes. No. Okay. Their lovers? Did they hook up during it? So they fell in love during this season and are still together. What? I didn't know that they were married. They they weren't married. Or together? No. He Ian McGregor was already married. He's not married anymore. Ooh. <laughs> oh. And also, this is not the first time that this has happened on Fargo where the two lead characters have gotten together in real life. Because it also happened in season two's lead, Kirsten Dunst and... Jesse Plemons was his husband. Oh. Or is his husband now. Is her husband? Yeah. Uh, uh, discount Matt Damon. Discount Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Apparently, uh, good good dating advice. Uh, get classes lead on Fargo. Huh. Good advice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Emmett wakes up and his home is empty and he leaves and he notices a stamp on his forehead and then he he like looks at it looks really sad and then throws it away the heck was that yeah okay so the stamp the stamp this is important <laughs> this is a key there's some key symbolism here so the entire series starts because like deadbeat you know, mcgregor um 
Which one's she, deadbeat? You and McGregor. Ray. Ray. Yeah. Ray. You got. It. I had. I know the names. You can give me names. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Um. So Ray. Uh. He. He. He works in parole. Yeah. He's a parole officer. And yeah, he's a parole officer. And then he. He gets one of the people on parole to. He. He hires them to steal a stamp. Or. Or. What was it? It's not even like a urine test. Like it, he'll he'll like he'll he'll uh, he'll he'll succeed the urine test or whatever he'll keep it from failing his his parole if he could go and steal a stamp from his brother Stussy. So to to go even further back with the stamp as well. So uh, Ewan Ewan McGregor or Ray and Emmett when their father dies, um, the Ray ends up taking this like classic car um, from his dad as kind of like his inheritance. And then Emmett takes the stamp collection from his dad. And this one stamp ends up, or no, there's a, a pack of these these misprinted two-cent stamps. They end up being worth a fortune. I think they say the amount at some point, I think it was like over a million dollars per stamp. And he had like six of the stamps. Damn. Um, so he ended up using that money to start his business and essentially make himself rich. Um, but he kept one of the stamps and did not uh, sell it. And he has it framed up on his wall um, as a reminder of of his father and, and where he got his start and everything. Um, and Ray uh, has always been jealous that he made that decision to take the car instead of stamp collection because he thought, it's a stupid stamp collection, why would I take that? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's always felt that he's been entitled to more of an inheritance because he got such little compared to the stamp collection. So that's kind of where it starts is he's like, I need to get that stamp. Or he, he, he goes to talk to Emmett to be like, you owe me more money, um, because I didn't get as much for my inheritance. That sound about right? That sounds, that actually makes sense to me. Uh, I didn't quite, I didn't quite understand that story. So Upon you, the way you reflection, des- <laughs> the way you explained it to me actually helps me too. So oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Huh. All right. So yeah, he he hires a guy. Doesn't really hire a guy. What would you call that? I don't know. Anyways, he ta- he asks this guy to go and grab the stamp. He frames him. He blackmails he, he the dude. Blackmails him. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he blackmails him to go and and uh, steal the stamp. The guy gets high. And loses his address. So he goes up to a corner store and then grabs their phone book and then looks up Stussy in the phone book and goes and murders a completely different character named Stussy that is completely unconnected to all the other yeah. characters. <laughs> it's, there's pretty much there's like two Stussies in the phone book. And he was like, I will choose this one. And he had a 50-50 chance. And he fucked it up. He picked the wrong one. Yeah. And this Stussy that he kills is the sheriff's father-in-law. Yeah. Um, which is basically what puts them on the trail of this character. Right. And originally the the uh, drug addict guy was not supposed to kill anybody. He was just supposed to break into the house and, and steal, steal a stamp. Yeah. So there's a great scene at the beginning where he breaks into the house of the wrong Stussy and is just looking for stamps. <laughs> and ends up just like taking just like a pack of normal stamps. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's great. See, that's the humor, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they like the stamp feud keeps going throughout the series, and then basically uh, they end up in a room 
the two of them. Ray and Emmett. Uh, I can't remember if he's trying to steal the stamp or what exactly is going, or he went to give him the stamp back, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, Emmett goes back to give the stamp back to his brother, but then they start fighting again and something happens so that the frame that it's in ends up breaking and cutting the other twins neck. Yeah. Essentially. Right. I think it was Ray was holding it or trying to pull it away from Emmett. And then Emmett just kind of like let go and is like, fine, take it. And it falls in like he pulls it into his face, essentially breaks the glass and cuts his neck and dies. So like that part where Nikki was like, you killed Ray and Emmett was like, it was an accident. It really was. It was totally an accident. He didn't mean to kill him. Right. Yeah. If anything, he was trying to make amends with, with Ray. Yeah. Okay. Did he leave him there to die though? He sure did. He did. And this is something that, that I also saw in this episode too, which is what drives me nuts about Emmett is he comes so close to redeeming himself even slightly. And then he just kind of goes back on it. Yeah. He kind of becomes a coward, right? Like there's a scene where he's like, he just, she could have just lied for Mary Elizabeth Winstead's characters. What's her name again? Nicole? Nikki. 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 He could have just lied for Nikki's benefit. And he almost, like, he 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 does at first, but then he's like, she's got a gun. She's got, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's not, he, he never quite redeems himself, ever. I don't think that would have been a redeeming situation. I think she had no intention of letting him go at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think she would have believed him either way. Yeah. But, but he also was like, just do it. Just kill me, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Like, it seemed like he had remorse, but also he doesn't. I don't know. He seems really, um, he's a coward. He's a coward. He's a coward. He comes yeah. across as, like, super, like, he's he's kind of pathetic. Yeah. And I, I think that's what makes Emmett such an interesting character, too, is that. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's kind of a shitty person, but he's not a horrible person. Um, but he's been put into this situation where he just kind of like weasels his way um, out of it in a way uh, where you're just like, God, dude, you're just so annoying. <laughs> yeah. 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 And hmm. there is this whole thing that's going on with this company throughout the show where like it's getting like sort of this hostile takeover situation um, where it's kind of Schrodenfrode, but kind of not because it also is really shitty, the things that are happening to him as they take over his company. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's there's no good guys. There's no good guys. There's bad guys, but there's varying levels of bad and varying like alignments of bad. Yeah. Yeah. What about Gloria? Is Gloria bad? No, she's fine. <laughs> Gloria's. Yeah. Sheriff's sheriff's the exception, I suppose. Hmm. Gloria is. um the the same stereotypical character that they've had in different seasons of Fargo too, right? Where it's the female cop that the the male chief cop does not listen to and nobody listens to, right? Mm-hmm. In the end, she's she's proven that she knew what was going on and no one else did. Mm-hmm. And I like I like that kind of character. Well, I don't yeah. like that no one listens to her, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a fun mechanic for sure. Yeah. I will say that. Sorry, I can't help but compare um, Martin Freeman to Ewan McGregor here. Because mm. I saw the first, I saw like the first episode of the first season. And yeah, I guess Ewan McGregor just comes across as like way more likable too. <laughs> like yeah. even as Emmett. He is, for sure. Just because he is so remorseful. Like there's more, it's it's a more compelling narrative. Because with Martin Freeman, I think this is the issue that I had and why I stopped watching. Is like, he's so angry. Yeah. He's just like an angry little man. And you, I, I don't feel sorry for him. Like everything that's happening, I'm just like, mm, 
you kind of brought it on yourself, bro. Yeah. And you don't you don't want him to get away with it. And then he does. And yeah. you're like, that's so annoying. Yeah. yeah. He's also I would say that uh, Martin Freeman's character is more competent than Ian McCreer's character by like a significance. Yeah. Like he's actually really good at what he's doing. And Emmett's character like fails at like every opportunity and yet still kinds of kind of fails upward <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah no he is lucky he's super lucky mm-hmm. well he's a, he's a white dude so you know that yeah. counts as well right yeah totally i mean but like <laughs> even even in the sense of like when the cop shows up and then nikki is like acting super suspicious he's in his car and then he tries to warn the officer and then the officer and nikki end up shooting each other and he's just like Oh, I got away with it again. And then he just drives away. Yeah. 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 yeah basically. He's so lucky. You yeah. Know? What did you think of that moment, by the way? That was amazing. First of all, the officer had a great shot, got her right through the yeah. forehead. Like that was yeah. amazing. Right between the eyes. Um, that was insane. I didn't see that coming at all. I was just yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah, How no, did it's... they end up shooting each other? That's crazy. Yeah. It was crazy moment. And then for him to just, like be in the middle of them away but also that he was standing in the middle of them and they both shot each other without hitting him like it's just such a moment it's such a great moment it's one of my favorite moments in the entire series it was such a sad moment for me because i loved nikki like i and i just like um what's her name mary elizabeth winston and in general um but i loved her character and I was rooting for her the entire time. She like she mm-hmm. makes a lot of mistakes for sure. Yeah. But her and Ray are so likable um in the show that you kinda wanna have her get away with it and like survive and right. and do all right. Right. Um, so it was so sad when she died. I was almost certain that she was going to be like the agent of chaos in this season when she's first introduced because she is really like a shit disturber throughout like oh, for sure. a lot of because like she's the one who kind of goads him into stealing the stamp and all these other schemes and things. Mm. She also was under him as a he was her parole officer and then they ended up dating, which, you know, is this whole other can of worms. But um, mm. yeah. OK, so she was already a criminal. Yeah. yeah, she's already a criminal, but she's like, you know, more of a petty criminal than like, you know, a like her morality center is different. You know what I mean? Just look, she's just because he's a criminal doesn't mean she's not moral. You know what I mean? But the saddest thing is that uh, Ray and her, they found their passion and they wanted to go after their passion and they're working towards their goal. What was their passion? Uh, and then all this crap happened. They wanted to become professional bridge players. Okay. <laughs> you know, the card game bridge that old people yeah, play. Yeah, I do. I, they were I really mean, good I've at it. I've never played it. I'm not old enough yet to be let in. Yeah. Did you notice that she was saying like card-like things when she was pet camper guns earlier? That's what that was about. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> yeah. Ray was like a, like a savant bridge player. Okay. Yeah. I mean, good for him and her, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Bridge player. I love that. That's, I mean, that's kind of cute. Um, so Emmett ends up going to his company and a lady whom I recognize, but I cannot tell you. Oh, she's in Battlestar Galactica. That's who she is. Ha ha. Um, it's the lady. Uh, so. Rosalind. Yes. Yes. Um, I didn't know what her deal was. She started talking and it was like a bunch of tax and money things. And I was like, this is where I underlined tax stuff. Um, And then the company is like three million in debt. So basically she told him that she needed to that he needed to apply for something because but 
and everything was going to be okay because he has personally gained a lot of money, but the company had to go bankrupt because it was bought or something. I don't know. Whatever the con was, the con was finishing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he gets escorted out by Mike and Mike. And uh, I was just wondering if they were like a pretty big part of the show or whatever, because I love that they have the same name. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry to disappoint you, but no, no, yeah, dang it! Was the first time in it, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. so interesting. I love that she just names them like Mike and Mike can escort <laughs> you out. Like, why do you know their names? Like, I don't well, <laughs> on first name basis. Like, come on, that was great because to her, everyone's important in the company. Or she just calls everyone Mike. <laughs> 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 um. Uh. Okay, so the IRS guy is now with Gloria and they're like talking through the case and everything. And apparently the bad guys didn't pay their taxes like in that movie about the mafia guy that they caught because he didn't pay his taxes. Um, Gloria uh, is almost... uh, So Gloria gets called away to the crime scene involving the motellers. So the deaf guy and Nikki... They finally name Nikki Swango, not <laughs> not the Stussy. The um, and uh, she kind of deduces that Nikki is the one who sent the information to the IRS. Um, I guess just to screw over Emmett. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Emmett's car breaks down and there's no service, and then a car stops and it's a Ford. And I was like, oh, who dis? Turns out it was Nikki Swango. And uh, that's when the whole thing happens where the, the, you know, a cop shows up and stuff happens. And then uh, the cop and uh, Nikki end up shooting each other just point blank. And uh, and then Emmett gets away scot-free and he drives to, I'm guessing, his wife's house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was a whole thing with um, his (laughs) wife. Not not being happy with him, which is why yeah. he like falls to his knees and apologizes. Yeah. Yeah. This is like one of the funniest parts of this season for me is. Yeah. That, uh, so Ray and Nikki end up making a sex tape um, and make it look like they dress Ray up to look like Emmett and then make it look like Emmett had sex with Nikki and then send that tape to his wife uh, to make it look like he had an affair. Okay. <laughs> Why? And that's and then she leaves before he has a chance to talk to her, and then that's it. They're gone. She's gone. Yeah. Wait. What? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Um. Because of the whole stamp thing, man. Stamp. Stamp. Oh, he was like, uh, don't, "You're not gonna give me that stamp. I'm gonna make a sex tape with my wife, and but dress up as you." Yep. Literally. And that's exactly. Yeah. It. That's exactly. It. But how also, could she, how could she? They're twins. I know. How could she possibly believe that that's real? I, I know. That's yeah. what's crazy. Like she meets him, and she knows that he has a twin brother, and doesn't even like make the connection that that could be what's happening. Like, and she just a hundred percent believes. That he has cheated on her, even though why? There's because no... does Nikki say Emmett instead of Ray? Yes, pretty much. Literally, that's it. I think so. I think that was it. I think that was it in the in there. Yeah, and he's wearing a really bad curly wig. Wow, <laughs> that's very funny. It's very. Like, it's a good joke, but like, well, it's also like one of those things where it just happens and then it just moves on from it and doesn't ever address it yeah. until like this moment. Yeah, I mean, so... you can't because as soon as you bring logic into it, it flies out the window. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah true it's pretty funny yeah um 
so stupid. I love it. Uh, okay. So yes, I uh, mentioned that, uh, uh, okay, Gloria. Gloria shows up to the crime scene after uh, um, Emmett leaves, and I guess there's no indication that Emmett was ever there, which is kind of weird because usually if a cop stops somewhere, he's supposed to be like, "Hey, I'm stopping because there's two cars here checking in." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. He goes does his stuff, but apparently that that didn't happen, so they didn't know that Emmett was around. Uh, then there's a, oh, Gloria has a great line where she's just like, okay then, when everything's gone. <laughs> Which was, again, very great. That's the, that's the, I'm just going to put a little bit of humor here. It's the most North Dakotan thing you can say. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, and then there's a police that's chasing a bus, and then the bus stops, and it turns out that Gloria just wanted to get her son. And they talk about Grandpa, and no idea what's going on there yes so grandpa's the guy who got killed in the first episode for the stamps the wrong stussy the wrong stussy oh is her name stussy as well no 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 it's interesting no it's burgle and here's the thing her this man married her mom for like four years Mm. so like he's a stepdad but do you he got his name from a toilet bowl like he was throwing up and then on the toilet bowl said Anastasia and he just takes that as his as his uh, pseudonym and then moves to this the town that this takes place. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> why does okay, why does he need a pseudonym? Help me out here, Jeff. I don't remember what happened in that episode. I don't remember either. Oh my god. I hundred percent uh, forgot about that part. Basically, basically what you're telling me is that some guy threw up in a bathroom and was and there was a name on the toilet and he's like you know what that's a good name i'm gonna take it which is funny because of the significance dusty has in this entire season right yeah the thing that killed him was the pseudonym he got on the front of a toilet bowl and i 100 percent remember that scene but i also do not remember why he had to have a different name if, if he has a different name it implies that he's like on the run or like something like no just uh yeah so basically what happens is is that there was like some sort of scheme he was he was trying to get a f- uh, a film made of one of his books yeah he was an author i remember that yeah part. this is one of those like episodes that just completely like just drops everything that the show is doing and is like a completely um like bottle like separate episode that doesn't have any characters and it's like all like a flashback like you've seen episodes like this in like you know mythic quests and stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. where like they just flash back and then you find out like at the end of the episode that it's the guy Okay. Um, All right. So, yeah. It's a rebirth thing. I don't know. Yeah, basically. That's wild. Yeah. I love that. Was it the synonym that he, it was a synonym that he wrote his books under, wasn't it? Or something like that? No, 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 no. He, he, no, he, I think he just got it. Because, like, he read, he wrote the books before he went on the run. Oh, he is on the run. Uh, Well, uh, God damn it. I need to look look this up. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on now. Okay. okay. We're just going to take a little break here Book. as uh, as little the boys check, check in on their on the Google to see <laughs> what it is uh, that gives Grandpa his name. Okay. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. So this, the character's name is Thaddeus Mobley. And he's approached by a filmmaker to adapt his novel. Um, But they had no intention of actually making it. And 
he was conned basically. So he goes and murders the guy who was going to adapt it and then goes on the run and changes his name. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. That okay. answers some things. Yeah. So he was on the run. He was. He was on the run, marries this woman's mother who dies shortly afterwards. And then she, he lives with her, um, in the, as in the, when he gets murdered. Right. With, with the sheriff. Wow. And she just never knew. She just never knew. She didn't like him very much. Like immediately be like, people be like, I'm sorry for your, for your father's loss. He wasn't my, I'm, I'm fine. Don't worry. <laughs> he's, he's not a great character. Cause like her and her husband broke up because her husband turned out, found out that he was gay. This, a lot of this is like stuff that we piece together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's just very homophobic and is like constantly talking about how he hates gay people and stuff. Right. Yes. And he gets like murdered in that episode. It's like, cool. I'm glad that guy's gone, I guess. Okay. <laughs> she, she doesn't seem to like him either. So <laughs> interesting. Yeah. But she's also a cop and she doesn't like murder. Yes. Yeah, she also doesn't yeah. like murder. And she could, you know, she didn't, she didn't know, but she could like feel it, you know, yeah. like women's intuition kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Okay, great. That's a that's hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, five years pass. The Stussies have declared bankruptcy. There's have de- the Stussies have declared bankruptcy. Twenty million in offshore accounts are missing in the dollars, um, and uh, you know it. It looks like he's really turned his life around to become a real family man and like all this kind of stuff. Um, and then he goes to get salad and he's looking at pictures on the fridge and it's like, you know, cute little moments with him and his family. And then he smiles a little bit. And then we get to a part that I really want to talk about because he opens the fridge and inside there's like jello or something. And I really mm. need to talk about that. What the fuck was that? <laughs> that was the salad, I bet. Because is salad jello? Salad can be jello. It can be jello. What? Because if you're talking like an ambrosia, that is like more jello than it is salad. But they call it a salad. I don't think I've ever had ambrosia salad. I'm, if that's what I'm saying that right, aren't I? Ambrosia? I, 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 you, you both are looking at me like like I'm a crazy person. I mean, that's a I, word. Well, I also am not like super familiar with salads and their vernacular. I'm looking up ambrosia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, ambrosia. Okay, so that was the salad. Yeah. It it did look like just a pile of jello. Yeah. Like normally when you talk like a jello salad, it's got like pieces of fruit in it. It's more you're, like a fruit salad. Jeff, you're saying you're saying jello salad as though that's a common knowledge <laughs> thing. <laughs> the reason I want to talk about it is because I don't understand what's happening. I wonder if this is like a like North Dakota because so I grew up in Manitoba mm-hmm. and Manitoba and North Dakota are very close to each other. Uh, we would go to Fargo to do like uh, shopping in the United States uh, quite often when I was growing up. And that is like a prairie thing is to like do the, the jello fruit salad salad. Uh, so okay, maybe that just wasn't a thing here. Maybe. I don't know. Both my parents are foreign. So, um, <laughs> okay, wait. So what, what, is it like an appetizer or is it like actually supposed to be a salad course thing? You just like put it on the plate with the rest of your stuff. It's usually like Thanksgiving and it looked like they were doing a Thanksgiving there. Okay. Wild. This is all new to me. I'm like, cause I'm familiar with like jello 
dessert type things, but to call it a salad, my mind is blown right now. Are you going to like have us over and and have one of these salads with us? My my mom used to make ambrosia all the time. And ambrosia has, it's like jello with like coconut in it. And there's like whipped cream. And I can't remember uh, everything else that's in it. Oh, there's usually like the little uh, um, mandolin oranges or mandolin. Mandarin? Mandarin. Mandolin. Mandolin. Mandalorian. Mandalorian. (laughs) (laughs) My mom used to cut the oranges into little mandolins. (laughs) (laughs) True story. I love it. Okay. But yes, okay. I will I will make you That's an ambrosia great. salad someday. I would I would love to like experience that because I don't think I've ever like not 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 as like something that I would eat at the same time as the rest of my food. Um, oh, and there's but, marshmallows in it too. What? <laughs> <laughs> wild yeah yeah i want to try this i want to try it it's like the anti-salad like if you thought of what is a salad yeah it's literally the exact opposite of a salad why do you call it a salad then it doesn't even serve the same function as a salad yeah okay here's the ingredients for ambrosia it is uh mandalorian oranges (laughs) pineapple yeah uh, the 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 cherries that you put in drinks. What are they called? The uh, maraschino? Oh, maraschino, maraschino cherries, yeah. marshmallow, whipped cream, coconut, nuts, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, and then Jello. <laughs> yeah, can't forget. Can't forget. Like <laughs> it's a dessert. It's a dessert. I don't know. I mean, like nuts is like the only thing that I guess no, is not. Mike, it's a salad. <laughs> it's a salad. <laughs> that's wild. I mean, I guess it's. It's yeah, you eat it while you eat your or before you eat your food, I guess. Is that kind of what defines it as not a dessert? I don't know. You eat it with your food. Whatever floats your boat, you can have it with your with your That's actual so meal. Wild. I guess we're adults. We can have dessert whenever we want. <laughs> yeah, we can do whatever the we could have dessert before breakfast. Oh, hey. I'm just about to say that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for taking a minute to talk about this with me because I was really confused. <laughs> He's like, he said he went for salad, but they're showing chicken. Hello, I don't. <laughs> There's a moment in that scene before he goes up to the fridge. He's talking to a gentleman right next to him, who's oh, yes. non-verbal. Who's that? Yeah. that was his partner in the company. Feltz. Yeah, and he was served a poisoned tea by a lupin. Oh yeah, oh. and puts him in a coma, removes all of his brain function, basically becomes brain dead. Fuck. Yeah. Shit. Kind of a sad end for that character. Yeah, that really sucks. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's nice that um, Emmett is taking care of him, I guess. He did get to have Jello for dinner, though. <laughs> so. Well, did he, though? Because I imagine, because here's oh, he the might thing, not have while, got they're, that jello. while they're looking at the Jello, it pans out and you see that the deaf guy is behind him holding a gun to his head and just pops him in the head and, you know... I think Danielle Lee would probably be able to tell us how the blood would spatter from that face, but it's probably all over the jello. So they probably didn't get it. I mean, yeah, yeah, it seems very likely. I don't think anyone would have had much of an appetite after that as well. I mean, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Yeah, (laughs) it looked like a good thing. I guess you're I guess you're right. 
Um, but yeah, I guess I guess he did it to avenge uh, Nikki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, we don't really see their relationship in this series. It's just sort of implied that they have yeah. like a, a BFF sort of friendship. There was enough implication for this one episode for me to to know that they were friends, mm-hmm. you know, if anything, it kind of seals the deal and confirms to him that that they were more than just partners in this this job that they did together. And I found that very, like, comforting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, cool. And then we go to DHS. Uh, Gloria has got a promotion and um, she is walking down this um, uh, ominous hall and uh, apparently they caught Varga. And when she goes in to talk to him, like, I don't think he re- remembers her right away because he's pretending to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. That scene is just really, really good. Like, it's really well written. Mm-hmm. And I was more engrossed in just watching it than actually taking notes mm-hmm. for this. He does eventually refer to her by name. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. He absolutely does remember her as soon as he's she because she says, like, you don't remember me, do you? And then he, like, gets a better look at her and he's like, oh, fuck. It's you. Yeah, I'm screwed. It is you. The thing that I like about these two characters is that he's she's the only one that immediately cuts through his bullshit and like can see the gaslighting slash various levels of psychological manipulation he's doing on people. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he does something and then she like completely like and he's like kind of like off put by it. Like he's like, how did you how did you see through my powers sort of thing? Yes. <laughs> but yes. but she, like seeing them both in the room together again was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was just a really, uh, great scene to watch. And then basically he, the, the scene is almost ending and he's like, in five minutes, someone is going to come in here that you can't argue with and say that I'm free to go and I will fucking disappear. And a really great shot of just, it pans over to the clock and zooms in slowly. We don't even see them anymore. And we're just waiting to see if somebody is going to open that door and if he is going to get his just rewards or if he's going to get, if, if he's going to get away with it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the end. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't know. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Me? This episode did a really great job of giving everybody their comeuppance, you know, like Nikki, even though her motivation for wanting to kill Emmett were, you know, based on Ray and his murder and everything. She still was like villainy and she got her comeuppance. And then mm-hmm. Emmett got, you know, was murdered and five years later. Sure. But he still he still he still ended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would like to think that it would be poetic justice in a way for him, for Varga to think that he's going to get away with something and then just not yeah 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 i would i would i really wish that i had enough faith in the world that i would like to believe that he would go to jail you know yeah it's like it's it's this is definitely something where i'm like oh yeah this is totally justice porn but that's why he doesn't give it to you because yeah the world doesn't work that way people just get away with shit all the time yeah well in a way if you would have known the answer it would have been satisfying and unsatisfying and disappointing at the same time 
Yeah. It's actually better not to know. Yeah, like, or if you'd known that he was caught, it, I guess it would have been satisfying, but it definitely would have been, like, the uncertainty, I think, is what sells that ending, for sure. Yeah. yeah. People are allowed to make their own ending with this, and that's always a really satisfying thing, too, I think, for a finale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, if, if he would have been arrested, then it would have made you question the power of the organization that he worked for. Like if a, if yes. a company is that powerful, why wouldn't they get him out? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's something we don't get answers for either is what, like, like he's very mysterious up until the very end. And it isn't until this episode that we even get an explanation of the kind of scam he's pulling. Right. Right. So and we don't even know if he, if he's like one of the head ups of, of the company, yeah. he might just be a minion for a larger entity. Yeah. They never really clarify that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't get any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, wait, what? There's a larger company? Okay, cool. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Um, but then it also, you know, if if he does get arrested, then it's if there is a larger entity at work, it is a small victory compared to what actually needs to be done, too. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. So... Huh. Interesting. Yeah. No, that was really great. I shouldn't say that yet because we were not doing reviews yet. <laughs> it was you. You don't know what it was to me yet. <laughs> <laughs> it was something. Yeah. Yeah. Impartial over here. Yeah. Um, it, it it was quite an interesting season of Fargo. Very different from the other ones. Like the whole like mistake and identity thing. Very much more pulling from themes from Big Lebowski than Fargo. Mm, And there's a lot of Big Lebowski specific things like in this sequence, that's almost like dreamlike. They go into like a bowling alley and stuff like that. Like it feels very like this is what we're doing. We're kind of doing like a Big Lebowski season. That's when she finds out that Ray is a kitten. Yeah. (laughs) What what does that mean? Actually, she had a she had like a, a dream where she saw found a kitten and looked into its eyes and then thought it's Ray, the reincarnation of Ray. Oh. Yeah. So she believes that Ray is a kitten. All right. Yeah. Even though the uh. the kitten would have been too old for it to be Ray, because Ray Ray died like a couple days before she had that dream. Right. So right. The, I, I do I have no memories of this scene that you're talking about, <laughs> to be honest. The kitten would have had to have been like a two day old kitten, and that the kitten in the scene was like probably a week. Well, I mean, Jeff, we can get into the whole topic of how we think reincarnation works, though. Because <laughs> once your soul, you know, leaves your body, maybe it just jumps into a living thing. We don't oh, know. <laughs> so maybe that yeah. maybe that kitten didn't have a soul until Ray died. Yeah. And then Ray became, oh, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is it or is it like the movie soul where you actually need to be like, you know, you need you're born with a soul kind of thing. Like it's That's a whole true. thing. That's true. That's a whole thing. <laughs> Do clones have souls? I believe that movie was extremely accurate. I think so, too. Yeah. Jazz. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what does this mean to you, Jeff, this show? Um, It actually means a lot to me uh, because of how I watched it, because I think. At the beginning of this pandemic, it was it was rough. And having this like weekly show that we watched together as a group um, and then the awesome discussion we would have after each episode and everything. I think that really helped helped me through this pandemic, to be honest. I would say the same for me. It definitely helped me to have these connections through Discord over the pandemic um, through this show and through other things 
you know, watch parties and hangouts and stuff. But there's something about this show in particular that made it break work very well. Part of it is that this show doesn't ever have a weak episode. No, that's true. Like it's always like amazing. Um, and also like there's always exciting, interesting things happening like that scene where they shot each other, like, like just really genuinely shocking, fascinating things happening that are earned yeah. almost every episode in this series. So it's, it's something that's very exciting to watch on discord and then have people react in live time, like over text chat. Yeah. And then at the end, just end the episode, everyone's just like, what the fuck did that just mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and it didn't really, it didn't really refer, like I didn't really realize how great the show was until we tried to do other shows and they didn't work as well as Fargo. Fargo is just a really, really show. It's a perfect show almost. Yeah. It's pretty much a perfect show. Yeah. So. Well, let me just say, Mike, Jeff, I would probably have felt the same way had I been invited <laughs> oh. to these wonderful group <laughs> gatherings you're talking about. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You had a <laughs> No, that's really great. Pretty sure you had a thing. <laughs> you know, Pretty sure you had yeah, a Yeah, you know what I'm hearing right now, Mike? Excuses. Excuse. Yeah. It's you. Um, <clears throat> I'm just kidding. That actually sounds really great and really wholesome. And I'm glad that you guys had this to kind of like help you through like really like difficult times. Like honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shall we give this episode, this single episode, uh, our reviews? This what now? This episode, this... The single? The single. <laughs> the single episode. <laughs> shall give it a review. I, we're just doing different accents today. This is <laughs> this is the accent episode this of Dessert is, Before yes. Breakfast. The only accent I could do is the Fargo accent, so yeah. that's all nice. I get from me. Je, je ne sais quoi. Uh, I, it's funny. I'm like trying to do a French accent. I just say French. I don't know. French accent. Je ne sais quoi, right? <laughs> <laughs> J'ai craché mon car down the ditch, yo. <laughs> All right. Um, do you want to go first, Melanie? Yeah, sure. As a single episode, I think for the podcast is probably the one of the ones that worked out the least there wasn't there were, weren't a lot of hints as to what was going on or anything so it was hard for me to make stuff out thank you guys for explaining some stuff but all in all like strong writing obvious strong acting super obvious um and again it's got that fargo spark where it's just got that like dark humor every now and again that like mm-hmm. pokes you and i'm just like <laughs> um yeah it was i i would i would give it eight ewan mcgregor's but they're brothers out of ten <laughs> so four four ewan mcgregor's four ewan, ewan yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um i love this show and i love this season this finale is my favorite finale of the four finales, which is why we ultimately picked it at four finales. Um, I'll give it 10 of the same last name out of 10. <laughs> You'll give it uh, 10 uh, Stussies out of 10? Yeah, 10 Stussies out of 10. <laughs> yeah. 10 Stussies found on a toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I would give this um, 9 uh, out of 10. I don't know if it was my favorite season of Fargo, but to be honest, they're all pretty damn close. Like I would say like mm-hmm. half a point away from each other. Um, they're just, yeah, every season 
is just incredible and it's a, just a different ride it's almost like a totally different show you're watching well i guess it is a totally different show you're watching <laughs> yeah. every time <laughs> yeah. it's almost like because it is yeah <laughs> season four just has that that unfortunate sort of asterisk on it that it uh, it you know you can you can tell when the covid kicks in yeah that's the only that's the only thing that keeps season four from being on the same level as me but also season four has some really ambitious like inventive episodes too we purposefully tried to stay away from spoiling a lot of the other seasons yeah. so hopefully you get to go into the other seasons unspoiled melanie but yeah the season yeah they were all great i i can't because chris rock was just so incredible in the fourth season mm-hmm. like to see him actually act kirsten dunce was amazing in the second she season was. like like so many amazing performances uh bob odenkirk also like a favorite of mine from the various people that have been on the show yeah um yeah cool look at you guys name dropping all these yeah people. <laughs> yeah uh discount matt damon was also in one of them too so. Ooh, nice. yeah discount matt damon <laughs> If you saw his face, you'd be like, he's in everything now. But like, okay, who is this person? uh, His name is Jesse Plemons. He was in something recently that I watched. Oh, my God. He is in everything. Yeah. It's like it's like, but you don't you can't pick one. Can you like think of one thing that you've seen him in? Um, He was in Jungle Cruise. That's what I saw him in recently. Yeah. The the not Nazi German guy. Yeah. (laughs) He's the not Nazi German. (laughs) (laughs) He's excellent in Game Night as well. Oh, yeah. Mm. He was great in that. All right. So the next question is, Melanie, would you go back and watch this season or other seasons of Fargo? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not really a question. I mean, it's always been on my list. I know that I said I wasn't like super into Martin Freeman in the first season, but I also like didn't give it a chance because I didn't have time. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I would definitely go back and watch all of this. I love it. It's really great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm prepared to fall in love. All right. My job here is done. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it is. That was what I'm here for, right? To convince. Yeah. Convince you to watch <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. thought you were here to convince people to watch, to listen to your um, uh, podcast, The Fear of Science. Oh, yeah, that too. That was secondary yeah. to the to convince yeah, it, to it, it was very self-serving, your reason for being on here. <laughs> yeah. had nothing to do with, <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with us and sort of seeing us off or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> Capitalism, man. That's what this show tells us. Capitalism w- always wins. Yeah. Is that what the show? Okay. Yeah. That's what I've always got from the show. I mean, maybe this season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Check out the the fear of science with uh, with our buddy Daniel Chai. Oh, I know him. <laughs> Everyone knows Daniel Chai. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs>